Hey everyone, it is Dave and Jeff. It is August 17th, 2020 on a Monday night. Boy, Dave, how many of us, 10 or 15 years, will look back on today and go, where were you on the day the mighty 1090 came back? God, <laughs> didn't you all just... Dude, I completely forgot. Until you let me know, I completely forgot. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. And look, I like all the dudes over there. Good guys. You know, one guy. Uh, Kaplan, Padilla. Okay. You know Browner, one show. Bill Hagen. You and Bill are tight? Yeah. <laughs> Bill walked in the garage right now. Would you recognize him? I think I might because we now follow each other on Twitter. <laughs> you follow a miserable Padre fan on Twitter. I would know him if he walked in too. <laughs> um, but like the thing that makes me laugh is Bill put himself in as the imaging guy. Yeah. Which is like. To me, it's like Ron Fowler putting himself in in as GM, right? <laughs> yes. He doesn't sound bad. Kind of sounds like he's doing a Letterman impression, but it, it is who he is. But he doesn't sound bad on the air. Oh, he sounds like he was once a radio guy in the 80s. Yeah. And then, uh, so they kick things off today at 9 o'clock, and I'm excited <clears throat> for those guys to come on. Starts off with the Rich Eisen show. Yeah. Holy shit, was that boring. Yeah, Rich is terrible. It's so boring. Yeah. Because Rich came out of the gate. He hadn't been on the air since June 26th. And, well, it's great. It's great to be here for the launch of the Mighty 1090. And, boy, when we left on June 26th, you're like, holy shit, kid. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Wake up. <laughs> Rich is a TV show on the radio. Yeah. Uh, very boring. I'll never go back. Honestly. Don't you always feel Rich has always been trying to do Dan Patrick impressions? Yeah, I mean, he stole Dan's show like Coach stole Saw show. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Saw does a very cheap impression of Saw. Uh, and so, yeah, Rich bored me immediately. Done. I went back in the afternoon. Pharrell. Hey, we know Pharrell, too. So now I know another guy over there, you fuck. Really? When's the last time you saw Pharrell? KFMB. Yeah, what year was that? It uh, wasn't that long ago, like 99. Yeah. <laughs> Kids weren't even alive. No. Goddamn, dude, that's a two-minute listen. That's a two-minute listen. Was he, was he pouring beers? <laughs> he was not pouring Remember beers. Remember that stupid shit? Yeah. But, dude, the funny thing is, at 1 o'clock, I put Pharrell on, and, uh, and I just was like, dude, I can't listen to this. Then I go to Darren, and he's got fucking Scott Lewis on again. Yeah. Holy shit. But every, every show does it. No, I got it. Yeah. I got it. I don't fucking get it. And they're talking 100%. It's COVID-19 talk, and it's about what the hospitals are doing. I don't know if anybody's heard this, but Scott Lewis thinks we should reopen the schools. Like, that's all the fucking dude says every show. Reopen the schools, which is great. I'm like, God damn, think outside <laughs> the box. You just go, that fucking show's thrown in the towel. And then you go to Coach, who's uh, talking about how much he loves fucking Joe Ingles. And you're like, well, that's... The asshole from the Jazz? Yeah. <laughs> One o'clock in the afternoon. No one's talking Padres. Well, more importantly, Dave, at that time... Now, look, I didn't hear the whole shows, but at 1 o'clock, even though we resisted total transparency, you're kind of taught to reset because yeah. people come in at different times. 100% the story in this town today, by far, without question, there was one and one A, in my opinion. 
Number one is you broke ground at the fucking stadium today for San Diego State. This goddamn city gets out of its own way for once, and you break ground, and it was awesome. What they did down there, other than that idiot Faulkner talking, was really great. Although J.D. Wicker looked like he was at a barbecue in a black T-shirt and red pants. Guy isn't at a haircut or a shave. You're like, dude, you're the AD. Like, get it together. Like, figure out somebody who can cut your hair and get a shave and show up in a suit. So, big day for the school, J.D. Is that, when you look back in 25 years, that's how you want to be pictured? Maybe. Terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Typical but, San Diego State student. That's what they look like. But, it doesn't change the fact it was a huge day for San Diego. That should have been it nonstop. What that is going to mean for that college... It's number one. It's about the college, right? There's a new Of course one. it is. I mean, yeah. the whole city is run by San Diego State alums. And then I heard Darren and Scott say, uh, boy, you know, it's amazing. Hang on. You want to turn that off? No, nah, I just got to turn it loud. Well, you might as well turn it off if you're not going to face it towards you. Hey, you might as well. Maybe I'll turn you off. You. Keep going. Oh, I like that. Okay, there we go. I don't know if that helped out at all, but okay. Uh, Darren and Scott were mystified why San Diego State or why the Chargers didn't jump in and ask San Diego State for money. It's real fucking simple. San Diego State ponied up the money because they're in the driver's seat. Yeah. They're getting all the land. They control the deal. They wouldn't have had shit if they if the Chargers came to them. They would have said, hey, you're the minority owner. Write the check for $600 million, then sit down and shut your mouth because we're going to run everything. What are we doing here? The brand new? <laughs> fuck is that show? God. What are you talking about? The whole idea was to bring Super Bowls to San Diego. Well, I got it. But you, aren't, you aren't building dorms and everything else in that fucking parking lot if the Chargers are involved. But these two are stunned that nobody went to them and was like, hey, do you have $600 million that San Diego State wasn't falling over themselves? San Diego State just sat back and we're going to ride the coattails of what they hoped the NFL could get built here because they knew that there wasn't going to be the campus or anything else going on. Exactly. So why are we, why are we stunned? But fuck are we doing <laughs> that to me, Dave was by far the number one story. Coach should be embarrassed that he's talking Joe Ingles at one o'clock Darren. And then uh 1090 is 1090. The other story for me. And again, I didn't have a lot of radio on, but this is developed in full credit goes to the Union Tribune, first with Tom Krasovic, today with Bryce Miller. What is going on in the Midway District right now is fascinating, and I don't know if you learned anything about it listening to any sports radio today. Maybe you did. Shit has started to hit the fan with the Midway. Now, I like to think we kind of got the ball rolling because I think Bryce said what we started on social media kind of got the hamster running the wheel in his brain. And Bryce did a fantastic job with his first column and the second column. But let's go back to what Tom Krasvick wrote on Thursday. The shit that has been stirred up because of that ridiculous initial plan for the Midway District, a lot of things are starting to change. The main one being is that John Moores and JMI are now heavily involved. Yeah. And JMI is looking at ways to build a new building. That is a fascinating story to me that has completely changed in the last month and now you have a power broker who built petco park who built viejas arena who has been very important in this city that is looking for ways to build a new arena at the midway district 
the two things that came out of it that I look at and I think are going to be really, really telling over the next couple of months. Dave, there's a 30-foot, not 300, a 30-foot height limitation in the Midway District on any building you build. How can that be? That's 100% what it is. That's what we're facing. We have a 30-foot height restriction because when that was put in place a million years ago, they didn't want to impact people's views of the ocean. Well, I'm sorry if you stand at Sports Arena Boulevard in Midway in Rosecrans, you can't see the fucking ocean. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think too. You can't. Yeah. But that is in place. 30 Count- feet. Dave, it's why you drive. If you know the area that I'm talking about on Sports Arena Boulevard, yeah. my kids have had gone to their buddies' birthday parties at that laser tag, yeah. right by the Chuck E. Cheese right there. The parking garage is three stories. That's yeah. all you can go. Every building, it's just level. You can't go higher than 30 feet. Coming up in November, the city of San Diego will have on the ballot, hey, you know what? We'd like to redevelop the Midway area. One of the ways we can do it is, can we get rid of this 30-foot height restriction? And I have no idea how that will go. That is the craziest shit I've ever heard. It absolutely should be 99 to 1. Yeah. I have no idea if we can get that through. And if you can't get it through, then it's going to stay at the Midway District how it is for the next 100 years. That, to me, is the story of the day. Not fucking Joe Ingles. Asshole. <laughs> Joe Ingles. No one wants to talk Utah Jazz basketball. What the hell is he doing? All right, a couple things. One is, I get so tired of the stuff we build in San Diego because we take shortcuts. Mm-hmm. We do all the time. I mean, even the stadium that the San Diego State's excited about, it's not a stadium that's going to bring in a five-star recruit. It's very small. It's not what it is. You know what I think? I knew you were going to bring that up. I'll let you finish. No, I'm just saying, as an alum and as someone that would say, hey, get out of the Mountain West Conference, which I've wished they would do for the longest time, there's no one that's a big-time player that's ever going to come here, ever. I think we are quickly in front of our own eyes transitioning away from being a sports city i think we used to be a tourist city and a sports city and i think because of a lot of different factors yeah we're watching us transition away from being a sports okay that's a great topic you bring up right there because i didn't realize it when we um when we were at 1360 until maybe the last eight months that we were there that we weren't a sports city yeah and I used to think, well, people who are interested in what we do are interested in sports, sure. but obviously that's not a big deal. And you see the votes and you hear people get upset whenever it's anything has to do with sports and a vote. You're right. It's not a it's not a big sports city. There there's a group of Padre fans, but that's it. That, yeah. that those are the Padre fans. There's a group of San Diego State fans, but that is it. Usually it's the same right. group. But overall it, it's not really a, a big time sports city with a bunch of sports fans. No. No. We No, because there's other shit to do. I understand. But there's if, if when you're winning, you always see that these guys always seem to come back, right, in these yeah. cities, whether it's L.A., Orange County, San Francisco, Oakland. When you're winning, people show up for things. That fan's loud as fuck. I know. I know you're kind of you're fucked. Mine doesn't make uh, any noise at all. No, no, it's a big shot. I think you put a, <laughs> you put a trading card in but, there. But <laughs> didn't I put a trading card on your fan? But, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those where – it's funny. I, I say to you all the time, I've been here 30 years. I went Saturday night. I went to Coronado, um, went to the beach. It's funny. I was down there yesterday. And I was there at, at from 5 o'clock in, as the sun set till 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Weather was perfect. 
city is great, meaning San Diego. The drive there was great. Coronado yeah. is great as always. And you sit and you go, this is a major city with great stuff to look at. Yeah. But when it comes to sports, you're right. There's a very small group of people where sports is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so here's the thing, Dave. I spent, knowing today they were going to put shovels in the ground, I took my sons yesterday, not by their request. They just were unwilling <laughs> yeah, participants. I want to know which one stepped up and said, Dad, take us there. Neither one. But we went, look, they have watched SoFi Stadium be built because we go up there a lot to see my dad. And every time we go by and see it. And I said, hey, you know what, man? Tomorrow things are a lot different in this town because construction starts at Qualcomm. Let's go by and see what we can see. And so we went to Qualcomm Stadium. Now, for me, first game I remember seeing in there was 1982, Padre game, uh, Charger and Raider game a couple years after that. But like anybody who's listening to this, you can look back and go, concerts, man. I saw the Stones there. I saw the Who there. I saw U2, Eagles, right? Bunch of incredible shows. Um. Two World Series there. I never saw a Super Bowl there. I've been to a handful of Super Bowls. Is that Bowl. right? Yeah, never saw oh, a Super funny. Bowl in there. But incredible holiday bowls and game. Like all of us. We we all have that. Yeah, none of them are San Diego wins. No. Three Super Bowls, not one San Diego champion. Two but, World Series, not one San Diego champion. All those great holiday bowls, not one San Diego State right. team game. Uh what did the Aztecs do in the holiday bowl when I, they were there? I don't think the, the Aztecs were in the holiday yeah, bowl. No, they gone. They went. The, Wait, when was this? Had to be before I lived here. It was either well, then it had to be Al Luganville. They went. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Oh fuck! I got to look at the Holiday Bowl, and if I I'm think wrong, they all, I'll apologize. Remember, Go ahead. Remember, it used to be the WAC. Yeah. The WAC was in it. Goddamn BYU was there every year. Every year. But they would play Michigan or anybody else, and State went one year, and I can't remember who was quarterback. Shit, I can't even remember the game. But, Dave, you drive around that parking lot that I did yesterday. Yeah. And, man, it is 15-inch tall weeds coming up through the pavement. It's crazy. It And all the pavements cracked out. Here's the wild thing. How many of us have entered that stadium coming down the hill, which they now call Coriel Pass? Yes. And if you picture as you come down... Dave, anybody media-wise that listened to this, when we used to go to Charger games, you would come down and you would go to the right. But so many of the fans went that way, too, as you went to the right because the tailgate area was off again to the right. And then you had parking and the ticket. All of that area has been fenced off. Yeah. That is now fenced off from as soon as you come down Coriel Pass to the right, that whole area all the way to the trolley has been fenced off getting ready for the construction that is beginning today. I also have said 10 million times on this show the wrong location of the stadium. I was convinced I had heard from San Diego State that they were going to build it on the corner closest to the 15. Okay. And and the 8 right over there, completely wrong. If you built a bridge from that end of the parking lot to the other end, yeah, it's actually in the northwest corner, kind of right over there by I- Ikea. 
right by Ikea and that, that front area. That's where the stadium's going. So my apologies that I told everybody the wrong place. But it's just when you go through there and it's so depressing and sad and broken down because we remember what the energy used to be for any game you were going to or concerts you were going to. Davey, think about it now and you go, man, in a couple of years, yeah, the football stadium will be there. But my kids enter eighth grade in a week. Yeah. They've both talked about their desire to go to San Diego State. I look at it today not worried about a 35,000-seat football stadium. I look at it and say, God damn, my kids, the timing may work out right where they could be part of the first classes to get the opportunity to go and use this campus. The new Riverfront Park retail, hotel, residential, everything going in that area. I, I think I will give Scott Lewis credit for one thing he said today, which is, it's a telling sign for San Diego that we can get something done in this town and maybe it leads to development at the Midway District, maybe down here in the South Bay along the waterfront, some other things. But yeah, as sad as I am to see that stadium go, it's exciting to think about what the future holds for that entire property, not yeah. just the 35,000-seat football stadium. All right, two things. One is San Diego State was in the Holiday Bowl one time. Iowa? Not against Iowa, 1986. It was Eight. before I, was, I moved here. They lost 39-38. God damn, that's right. Fuck you, Hayden Fry. Okay, and here's my other thing, okay? Mm-hmm. You said you were sad to see the stadium go. I'm 100% ready for them to tear it down. Oh, yeah. No, it has okay. to go. It's depressing. I'm yeah. just saying it's the same thing with the arena. I have a lot of memories of growing up in this city in both of those places. So what? I'm sure people in L.A. had memories of the L.A. sports arena. And now you look and that's where the LAFC stadium is. I'm not a soccer guy, but you have to say that's fantastic. Rams fans that went to the Coliseum... At some point, we'll get the opportunity to go to SoFi Stadium. Yes, Dave. No, I agree with you. It's just, it's weird, right? Because the NFL will never come back. When they blow it up, are you going to go down and watch it? Oh, 100%. You going to cry? <laughs> no, I won't cry. I won't cry. The one thing I wrote on Facebook yeah. yesterday, I was waiting for Hank to fucking text me and tell me I'm going to drive over there and hit you in the head. <laughs> Because I wrote on Facebook, kind of what we just covered, right? World Series concerts, and I said, man, so many fun Raider wins here. Oh, that's just, great. Uh, well, I know Hank sees everything, yeah. but I, I 100% just wrote it to get under his skin. But, no, I mean, thinking about tailgate shows that we did, Aztec shows that we did, all the different things that you do. Yeah. I mean, dude, I have a ton of freaking memories in that place as a fan and from doing this show, post-game shows with Rosie, 98, the whole thing. And and you look and you go, God damn, but no, Dave, in 10, 15 years when that thing's a big part of the community for the campus and everything else that's coming, you go, fantastic. I'm all in. I'm really excited. I thought it was an exciting day, and I thought – Locally, that should have been the talk all day was, holy cow, the combination of the two. Shovel in the ground, John Moore's now in, and the talk that both parties are saying, hey, we have to look at getting a new arena built, dramatically different in five weeks. Uh, John looking to get money. I think the angle that Joe Sy said, look, man, the NBA is not coming. I'm glad he said it. 
Yeah, the NBA is not coming here, and I can tell you the NHL isn't coming yeah. here. The NHL has brought two teams into the West. Las Vegas, who have been a great success. Yes. Seattle will start in a year from September. That market is going absolutely crazy for the Kraken. Um, but if they is it Kraken or Kraken? Well, I've I mean it's the Kraken in Cardiff, and it's the same thing. Why? Who called it the Kraken? I thought it was the Kraken. No, what are you talking about? You I, ever been to the Kraken in Cardiff? No. Well, I, I thought it was uh, released the Kraken. No. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been thrown out of the Kraken enough to know. How do you know you're drunk? drunk. Get a hold of yourself. Um, but I like, I thought what Bryce wrote today was incredible, where he talked about arenas in Oklahoma City and Kansas City and other places yeah. that while they may not have an NBA or NHL team, they bring a ton of money into the community from naming rights and shows and everything else going on. And J.D. Wicker saying today, we will host anything we can in this stadium. Anybody who wants to come here, let's talk. We're ready to have you. Concerts, shows, whatever the case may be. But it's going to all... I mean, San Diego State's moving forward. I'm still absolutely stunned that's going on, and I'm thrilled for them. Um, but can we, Dave, can we finally figure out as a city... It's not costing us any money. Can we please vote to say yes we can tear up the paper that says you can't build higher than 30 feet in the Midway District because that will make an even bigger difference in this community. It could be really, really exciting. Well, why don't they just take it out of the Midway District and just go forget it? That 30-foot thing is ridiculous. The Midway District, the traffic well, kind of stinks. Land. I understand. But why don't you say, look, if you want a state-of-the-art sports arena, then let's put it somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think when you look at the amount of city-owned land right there, that in an area that desperately needs to be brought back to life. I mean, you look at, at the footprint at Qualcomm Stadium, and you go, man, that's a huge property, but it's vacant. Like, you can, it's untouched and you can go. When you look at, when you drive that Midway District, which I did yesterday too. Jesus, you're poor boys. Show prep. <laughs> did you guys get out of the car at all? Um, we did at, we did at uh, Qualcomm. Okay. But when you look at that sports arena and that whole area, David, it extends out to where Glasshouse Square used to be, where Tuck and Lightner Travel Travel used to be. <laughs> Is that right? Is that where it was? Yeah. I had right no there. idea. But that whole area back to Kurtz Street, it feels like from Kurtz all the way over to Sports Arena Boulevard and all the way back, I mean, I don't know. Do you go as, as Men's Fashion Depot? Does Phil's Barbecue get laid out? Hell no. I don't know, Dave. I think that whole area is in play. And now all of a sudden, uh, the only thing that will stay will be the goddamn Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's what I had to say. The Chick-fil-A in the parking lot? That thing's a cash cow. (laughs) But now you look at that and you go, shit. If they redevelop Qualcomm, as they're doing, and now the sports arena, you go, unbelievable. What's in the place where the Cal Sports used to be? Cal Stores. Oh, I have to think where that is. And there was next they had the scuba diving place right next to it too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's back on like It's right behind it. Midway, right? Yeah, it's right yeah, right behind it. Right before you got on the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I don't know what's <laughs> over there. Phil's like, but, fuck you. Seen the line for people to eat my food? Fuck off, Jeff. Hey Phil, we'll build you a new location. You, me and that guy with the ninety nine dollar suits, we're that's going anywhere, guy, you asshole. Depot. I know. We're going anywhere. Bullshit. You're out. <laughs> 
I, I, that to me is what I thought the talk would be in San Diego. If you're a local, that's the only thing, in my opinion, that any of us should be talking about. Number one, San Diego State. Number two, John Moores is in on this arena project, and he wants to build a building. I love the fact that Eric Judson still works for him. That name doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but for people that were around here in 98, Eric was fucking great, and he runs JMI Sports. Very sharp dude, very involved in the building of Petco Park and running point on this for John. Just a very cool, smart dude. And that got me excited because you go, yeah, some of the shit we stirred up on this show may actually be... Uh, uh, none of us are taking responsibility, but I didn't hear anybody else bitching and complaining like we did. And then Bryce took it and did a great job, and Kraz did too. So it could be a couple of uh, interesting months here. But if we vote no on that thing, we're we're completely fucked, and we do that more often than we not. We do it all the time. It's kind of just what we do. Speaking of that, heavy hitters in this town. It's funny you mentioned John Moore's two things. One is just John Moore's have a big name in this town where, yeah, we've seen John do a lot of things in this town that have been outstanding, but yet a lot of people seem like they have a bad taste in their mouth when you mentioned John Moore's name. Two is, how many heavy hitters do we have in this town that actually get things done? They're funny. I have a good friend who is a heavy hitter, but a lot of the guys... Frank Mataraki. It is not Frank Mataraki. The thing that we have, Dave, is... The heavy hitters in this town, admittedly, are getting older. Um, and a lot of these guys are in the shadows. Yeah, they're not. They're not guys that you're going to see front and center. They're not guys going to be doing a podcast or or finding themselves on Instagram. Um, they're old school money. But John's still a player in this town. John, I agree. John's still a player. John knows. The people, look, I, I mean, look, the other thing we got to do, we got to get Faulkner the fuck out of the way. I mean, this guy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I I laughed and laughed and laughed that they had him speak at this thing today because he was all in on Soccer City. Yep. Jack McGrory, old-time city manager who ran point on this deal for San Diego State, pointed out today that they were outspent 9-1 to one by Soccer City. And this city came together and voted for the San Diego State project over that. I, I think it's great. I mean, the Aztecs, man. That's 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 the movers and shakers in this town are the guys associated with state. Now, maybe what Darren and Scott should have said was, did Dean make a huge mistake by underestimating those guys? I don't know if he did or not, but if I had a guess, I would say, yes, he did, and yes, he did. But uh, John's definitely a player in this town. I mean, I look, man, when you see that, and it's just kind of it's below the fold. What do you think John's name is thought of by voters, though? Um, I, Dave, I don't think anybody cares. I think there are a lot of people who think, and, and hell, they told John you had to do it this way, but I think there are a lot of people out there who are upset that John has so much land downtown. Not John's fault. And then, he, Well, that's the thing. It's not John's fault, and it was part of the deal. They yeah. told him. Yeah, you have to develop But that's 11- one of those where you and I know the truth. And we're telling the people here this is the truth. But now that you're looking at people in San Diego go, this fucking guy took advantage of the city and he got all this land downtown and now he lives in Houston and he's making a shitload of money off of our city. Yeah, but he if John doesn't do that, then who knows what's down there? 
Yeah. Right? I mean, it's basically what you have at 10th and Imperial is a mirror of what you have at 16th and Imperial. So anybody who thinks like that's narrow-minded. We don't need them. We see it in voters all the time. Yeah, I I don't think, I don't, I really don't, Dave. I don't think anybody here. Do you think things get done then? I'll just ask you that question. I, I mean, today's exciting. Today's a really, really good day for this city. Like, I'm absolutely stunned. Now, the one thing, and I'm not trying to be a shit sir, I don't know. I just remember going back as far as talking with Fabiani about this. I mean, kind of in 98 and 99 or when Mark got here 2000. But I remember a dozen conversations with him from 2000 to 2016 where one of the things we talked about for both sites, Qualcomm, because of those gas tanks right across the frontage road and really for the downtown location, which would have you know, counted on the takeover of the MTS lot right there, was the environmental impact report. Yeah. And how much would have had to be done because as you start digging into the soil at both of those locations, because they're so close to gas and oil, there's going to be a lot of things going on under there. And I also remember that the other challenge for Mission Valley was because you are kind of by the San Diego River and now the river is going to be a huge part of this because you're building an 80 acre park that's um, all public, all free you know, to be used. Um, what happened to all that shit? Yeah. Uh, like, I'm just curious. Uh, but I don't think anybody here, I, I'd be shocked. I don't think enough people to move the needle are going to be mad about John that would have any, any negative. Like I said, not if I'm the group that's associated with JMI, I'm not worried about that in the slightest. You have four fucking people that think that way. Bunch of hillbillies. I don't think anything gets done. I just don't think anything gets done. I think well, this was a freak of nature thing, and the history in this town is things just don't get done. It, it's all going to fall on that 30-foot. If that 30-foot thing restriction gets lifted, dominoes start falling. They really do. And it gets really, really exciting for what happens over in that whole area. All that shit gets torn out, and that whole thing comes back. And now all of a sudden you go, God dang, look at this. Now, how big's the arena, right? Well, yeah. what, what Eric Judson said was, look, we don't really think we're in the NBA. We don't think the NBA is coming here. And I'm telling you, the NHL isn't coming yeah, here. Yeah, the NBA is not coming here. But it doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, that means we don't need a new arena. No, you do. Because you can build an arena that can still draw big-time shows. You can do different things in there. And it, it can be a much better experience for your night out than the current venue, with all respect to AEG that's done a lot to try to bring that building back to life. Everything from bringing Sean and other, uh, Ruby's Diner and others in to at least make the food choices better. New scoreboard from the Ducks, the whole thing. The one thing I cannot figure out, and if anybody knows the answer to this, please let me know. There was a huge story in the San Diego papers a year ago that the Somali family that owns the Ducks, Henry and Susan Somali, were taking over the lease of the sports arena. Yeah. Ernie Hahn, who had been there with the Hahn family, Ron and Ernie had been there for, Jesus, 30 years. 
And their partnership with AEG, that was coming to an end. Ernie was going to be out. Rick Schloss and those guys were going to be out. And it was a huge story. Like, how did that happen? It happened behind closed doors at City Hall. And why didn't Ernie and his guys get a chance to make a counter proposal? And now everything you see about the Midway District, it only talks about AEG as the guys who can... What happened to the Somalis? Yeah. Where did that go? Like, what happened to that deal? I have not... Have you seen anything? No, not at all. I haven't seen their name in forever. Yeah. No. So I, I'm fascinated to know what happened. Like, I love Ernie, so if he's still there, I thought AEG had done a pretty good job in trying, in a very difficult circumstance, to try to pump a little life into that building. All right. Speaking of the Han family, uh-huh. what happened to the Han family? Are they just... They're basically out of as far as players go? That's where I was going as far as players' names. Yeah, you know... um, they, man, I like those dudes a lot. No, I think, I mean, I don't know how much Ernie, Ernie, our friend Ernie, his grandfather, Ernest Hahn, developed Horton Plaza. And, I mean, I've never asked him. I got to think they have property all around town. I, I don't know how much he wants to be involved. I know they had talked. I know Ernie and his dad, Ron, had been talked about that they have a plot of land over not far from tailgate park. I yeah. don't know if that's true or not, but that had been the rumor. Um, I don't know how much they'd want to be involved. I think those guys have done a really good job with they the have. arena. They have. I mean, they really have. And I think in my opinion, I'd love to see them have the opportunity to, to run a new building. I feel like they've got enough dirt under their nails that they've earned it. They've never done anything to embarrass this city. They've done a great job over there. So I don't know. I mean, do they stick around? Yeah, I mean, they may just be property owners and, and own land and do their thing, but uh, but I'm a big fan of those guys. I want to ask you about your uh, your San Diego Padres. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> well, the Padres did very well tonight, but no. five losses in a row were extremely tough. Not only the losses, but the injuries that happened oh. since the last time we did a show. Yeah. I mean, Yates, who was the best closer in baseball a year ago, looks like he's, he's completely fucked with the bone chips and everything in the elbow. I mean, at least it makes sense why he wasn't any good this year. But then you have Tommy Pham with a broken hand. Looks like Pham's lost for the year. You know, in a short season, it's uh, it's disappointing when you see all the injuries. So, you as a Padre fan, do you go and you make a move now to still compete with eight teams going in the postseason, or do you say, "Hey, I'm going for next year"? Here's a fascinating story developing in Cleveland. Do you see this? Yeah. Mike Clevenger has been sent down. Yeah. If you don't bring Clevenger up before the end, it impacts his free agency because he'll miss it by one day. What's well, amazing. Cleveland can really fuck him right yeah. now if they want. Um, I, I know we we're going to look it up. I think. Did you see who it was that caused the problems in Cleveland that fought back? Was it police set? It was no, no, not as far as who got busted with Clevenger, the, the player in Cleveland that lost his shit. It was Oliver Perez. Oh yeah. He got yeah. sent down too. No, no, no. He's the one that called them out. Oh, well, he's he the got, one he got super pissed off and said, these fucking guys are putting our whole team in, in danger. But didn't he get and so, as far as today, too? And so, I think he's oh, part he, of the move, oh, too. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah. But I'm thinking Oliver Perez came up as a Padre when he was yeah. 20 years old. And he's 38 now. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's insane, right? Yeah. 
I think I, I'm going to bug you to look up Clevenger's contract. I, I couldn't find it last time we were talking about it, but I think you had it right after the show. I, I found it where he was. Uh, he, he, we were talking about a trade last week, and I, I think you made the most sense when, when it was all said and done I think as far as you don't make a trade for him. I think he's done after this year. Yeah. And uh, Although, again, if they keep him down, then he's fucked, and they hold him for another year. Yeah. Um, I is the way I heard that today. I I heard it. I heard it secondhand, so I want to be really careful on that. But I heard that there's something. There's a a plan B to Clevenger. Like there's a couple layers to the onion of him being sent down. Is what I'm trying to get. Okay. At. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dave. I they plenty of people wrote today. Do we ever see Tommy Pham back in a Padre uniform? I heard David Chow with coach today saying, look, it's four to six weeks on the wrist. Kirby Yates, depending on whether or not it's floating or if the bone spurs are attached, it's four to six weeks. Did you ever see Kirby Yates back in the Padre uniform? Right? I mean, you you look at it and you go, dang, man, it just sucks. Because those are two guys that I would think had to have been pretty excited about what they were going to make contribution-wise this year. And no, I don't. I don't know that you see either guy back. I think Tommy Pham will do fine as, on the free agent market. But if I'm San Diego, I don't know that that's a guy I'm. I'm going to lock into for five years. What thirty one? Uh, Pham, thirty two years old. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's disappointing because he wasn't having the year that we all thought he was going to have. And we all like his his attitude and everything about him. We like the stolen bases at the beginning. Right. But when you look at him, yeah, he's 32 years old. He's hitting 207 or two home runs. Bad calves. Wrist is yeah. acting up, right? You, there there had been other – the elbow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a drag, man. It's a drag. Yeah. And Hunter Renfro, because people want to know, Renfro's not killing it either. Renfro right now, he has a zero war, you know? Yeah. He's hitting like 196 with four home runs. But Fam has a war that's in the negative right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like Dave, he may not – he had COVID – Remember he had COVID yeah. at the start? And he wasn't happy about the trade. I mean, there were there were just a bunch of different things that look, man, you went for it. But but yeah, he's probably gone. And Yates look, that's the cool thing about a sixty game season. You go through a slump like you just went where you look like the nineteen eighty two team, and then you come back and you put a win together tonight, score a bunch of runs. And you feel like in a short season, we can get right back in this thing. Again, it's one game. But but if that happens last year in the middle of August, you're like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> fuck. In a 60-game season, you go, well, that didn't really help. But we can get right back in, depending yeah, it, on how it goes. But goddamn, Myers is out. He'd been playing well. Hosmer's had issues all year. He'd been playing well. Machado, clearly something's wrong with Machado. Uh, whatever the case, I'm not making excuses. There's just something with Machado where you go, what the fuck? Um, and then Fam and Yates and the whole deal, man. Yeah, it is. They're, they're not going to make it easy on Jace Tingler. No, they aren't. That's the thing is we're talking about Jace last week. I really, there aren't a lot of things I would say about Jace where I, I rip Jace. Not at all. There's not one thing where I go, this is 100% Jace's fault. I like to do, you know, I, I, like yeah, it's worked out much better than I thought it would. And, uh, 
overall, when you when you look at what he has, again, a shortened season, everything is yeah. rushed. He has guys he's never met before, and it looks like the guys are playing harder for him. It's just talent for talent. There's not not a ton there. You have Tatis, who's exceptional, and Hosmer's playing playing well, but he's he's not healthy, which is unfortunate. But there's certain guys. It's kind of funny how it looks like they've almost fallen out of favor with the organization, right? Like like Josh Naylor played today, so did Ty France. Yeah. But you haven't seen a lot of those guys. We thought they were kind of high on those guys. Yeah. But then you have a guy like Cronenworth who nobody heard of. Right. And, and it's funny. If you look up his history, it says on there he was a pitcher slash shortstop. He's going to be that next year, too. And, and it's it's kind of kind of crazy how he's played well. And if you look up his career hitting in the minors, not a good hitter. Yeah. But in the majors, he's a good hitter. Outstanding defensively. Yes. A guy who can move around. And next year... When you look at different players through the years who have been fan favorites, Tatis is going to be that guy indefinitely. But Cronenworth is going to be a guy that you bring your kids out to see because he's got a little bit of Otani in him where he can hit, he can play defense, and he's got like a variety of pitches. Like it's not old school where Tim Lawler could hit. Yeah. You go, okay, well, we're not going to put Tim Lawler at second base. But Cronenworth is going to be a guy legitimately that can come out of the bullpen next year. And you go, this guy's insane. Like, this is really fun. Old school, uh, multi-level player. And it's going to make, this town's going to fall in love with that kid. I mean, they already have. But next year, when can you imagine if he's coming out of the bullpen? He's <laughs> been playing second base and it, now goes in, throws mid-90s. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, he's like one of those college players that closes games or he's That's pitching it. in the eighth inning. Yeah, it is. And his personality, Dave, that kid's so incredibly likable and just kind of humble, but makes – I mean, it's funny. You got the Jordan hat on tonight. I mean, that play he made at first base last week, it feels like yeah. you're Jordan, right? So, uh, this is the thing for me because – Yeah, well, I'm curious to know from your, your point of view and also your, your thoughts really on Manny. Manny is how many teams in baseball tonight can look at deals and go, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? I was thinking about the Yankees, two that immediately came to mind, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury and, uh, and of course, John Carlos Stanton, where you go, God damn it. Yeah. Uh, the Giants, right? When you look back at money given for Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja, yeah. pro- probably other deals. Longoria that- is not the player they thought they were getting. Right. You look at that. I'm sure there's a bunch of different teams uh, in any sport. Uh, Kings, Kovalchuk last year, you put in a ton of money. Mike Richards contract, right? Every team has one. For me, the bigger question is not Manny and the deal because maybe what Ron and Pete will figure out is, hey, you know what? We don't have to be a home run hitter. We can probably be pretty successful as the owner being a solid doubles hitter, meaning the Zach Davies of the world, the Garrett Richards of the world, right? Going out and finding these guys and then finding a mid-level guy as opposed to just going out and trying to hit the game-winning home run by signing Machado and doing those kind of things. But what I want to know is, what we've seen from Machado, what has it done to Ron and Pete's mentality? Because if they look at it and go, fuck, man, that's baseball. We went for it. We're going to continue to do everything we can to motivate this guy. 
But it's not going to impact us from signing Tatis to a deal and hopefully Paddock to a deal. Gore. Gore, any of those guys, if we get to that point. We're still going to be in. We just, we fucking went for it. And on that one, we learned. And maybe from from outside free agents, we're a little bit more careful. But we went for it. We'll absorb it. We'll figure it out. We'll still try to get the most out of them that we can. But if they look at that and go, fuck no. No, no, no. We're not, do- which I don't think they are. I think they, they look at it and go, all right. Well, we went for it. We went for it. We fired up this city. They looked at us. We, we went for it. If they look at it and go, we don't feel like we did anything wrong. We paid fair market value for a guy in his prime that can play outstanding defense, game-changing at the plate, and for whatever fucking reason, this guy cannot be consistent in anything right now. I I don't know if you're Pete and Ron outside of the fact you're the guy who's writing the check. I don't think you can take it. When Towers traded for Myers, right? Yeah. Kevin said, we went for it. Yeah. We we thought, hey, we're going to block the Braves, and the Braves are like, well, we don't want him, and the Blue Jays were like, well, we absolutely don't want him. And that was a huge whiff. But, all right, we're trying to win. Uh, for Machado, man, I just I don't think it's going to have a la- – I hope it doesn't have a lasting impact on the way Pete and Ron do things. I don't know that they go all in on guys that – 30 million. I think they'll be a little bit more selective. I think it's the years that hurts the most. I mean, it's sure. 10 years, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at Ellsbury and some of these. Yeah. Teams. Like I, I was saying, John yeah. Carlos. I understand. I understand. But you're looking at, I've never seen a player like, and you correct me if I'm wrong. And someone, if you listen and I'm wrong, go ahead. You can, you can write me and tell me. I remember when the, for me as a baseball fan, in I think it was 90 when the Dodgers signed Daryl Strawberry, it was, five, it was five years, 25 million. Yeah. And it was horrible. Yeah. And that fucking guy saying his back hurt. Right. And he's at the Roxbury and he's dancing his ass right. off. I know because I saw him. And then uh, and then that fucking guy telling Oral Hershiser that he couldn't play hard anymore because he found Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And it's, yeah. <laughs> Literally. It kept him from being aggressive is yeah. what he said. And he had every excuse in the fucking book. Yeah. And then I look at the Padres who are doing everything they can to help this kid. And I said, here's his prime. I mean, this is his prime age to be the best he's ever going to be. He's not. And you go, you brought in two coaches from the Orioles to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, fucking nothing. This weekend when they moved Tatis behind him so he'd see better pitches. Right. I'm going, this sucks because Tatis is a great leadoff hitter to set the tone. And now you're sitting there fucking. But you got to move Tatis down, right? No, you don't. That's not. Well, if you do, you move him to two. The computer says, okay, you bat your best player in the two spot. But wouldn't Fam have been your leadoff guy? No, well, not the other day. It was, uh, what's his, the, the the guy in center field? Um, Grisham? Yeah, it was Grisham. Okay. So the, the, the computer says you bat your best hitter in the two spot, your second best hitter in the four spot. That's what it says to do. But yeah. obviously they moved to Tease there to protect Machado, you know, to, yeah. say, to, to say you aren't, you aren't going to want to face to Tease, so you're going to give Machado good pitches. I'm all for getting a guy back on track. Okay, I understand. But I'm going, fuck. And then you went and traded a dollar for his brother-in-law. And you're like, dude, enough already with fucking catering to Machado. Yeah, but Yonder's not on this team. No, but that's what they did. That's the reason they brought him in. It was a $1 trade. I know. I got him. But Yonder wanted to come here. But uh, yeah. For what? Where are you going to put Yonder? No, you don't need him. You know who you fucking need on this team? 
you needed Fran Mill Reyes. But, oh, fuck, we don't have a DH. Right. And guess what? The DH isn't going anywhere. And if you look at Reyes, he's going to win American League Dude, Player of the Week right now. Did you see that goddamn home run he hit? He's on fire right now. And you go, he's only 24, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Right. Renfro was the guy you should have sent to Cleveland, and then you fucking keep uh, Reyes, who everybody fucking loved. Right. That, to me, uh, that, to me, yeah, that's one that you look Damn. That one stings more than the Machado signing. It does. That one bothers you. Yeah, that one stings more because Fran Mill clearly brought this team together. Yeah. Now, you look at what Tatis is doing, and Tatis has brought this team together. Uh, you don't see the Diamondbacks again this year. Boy, they better fucking figure out a way. Somebody better get it next year, right? Because I feel like we're right back to the Padres we've always been when you let Tatis get hit yesterday. You yep. let that fucking Robbie Ray hit Tatis, and you don't do shit about it. <laughs> you let that fucking Robbie God Ray. God damn. But, Dave, I, I think I think the Machado story would be a much bigger story if Tatis isn't doing what he's doing. You're probably right. You're probably right. Right? Yeah. Do you think it bothers Machado that Tatis is turning this big star? Um, how, I mean, how, didn't you think Machado was thinking, I'm going to be the face of the organization? I've always been the face of whatever team I was on. I think he knew when he went to third and not short that Tatis is the guy. But I think he probably, I would. I don't know him. I've never met him. But I would think you would look at and say, well, maybe we're old school Bash Brothers minus the PEDs, right? We're McGuire and Conseco. Yeah. I have to, Dave, I just, you'll never convince me that a guy that good for what he has done and what he did as a young guy in his career um, in Baltimore, you can't tell me that's, He's he doesn't have personal pride that drives a guy to to make you right. Yeah, you, and and the whole Johnny Hustle shit and all that. I'm uh, take all that out of the equation because at the end of the day, you ultimately always answer to yourself number one. And I'm sorry, man. I just I the guy just doesn't strike me as somebody going, hey, I'm cashing the check. There's a buddy of mine whose father-in-law lives right next door to Manny. Yeah. And they see him on a daily basis and they just say, man, you watch this guy, how he interacts with uh, my buddy's sons who are little, like nine and seven. And just his personality with the neighbors and how he is. And they, they absolutely adore him. They just absolutely adore him. They just said, this guy is fucking great and he doesn't right he doesn't sullen he's not we've seen enough goofballs come through this town i don't know yeah i i i mean i get it you've gone out and gotten guys that have tried to do it dave i don't know if he's so far in his own head i have to believe he's still self-motivated to want to be great right you because have, you have so. to hear it yes you have, you have to, to hear it from everywhere around baseball right and you have to think that there's you just have to be driven to say, man, I can't let those guys win. Yeah. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, guys lose it, man. We've seen it. I know. It's so crazy and strange to watch. And it sucks. What's his, I'll be honest with you. What's sucks. his numbers? What did he do tonight? I didn't, I didn't get to see. 
I'll see if I can find it for you. Yeah. Um, he, uh, it, you know, here's an interesting note. We talked about strikeouts. So it's not a big deal anymore to strike out in um, Major League Baseball. There's only been one game this year where either Tatis or Machado didn't strike out. I don't look it up. Yeah. I mean, it, it's well, it's so funny. How it, it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, but the the stat with Tatis the other day where he had the longest he had gone, I think I saw Kevin A.C. wrote, I think I have this right, the longest he had gone without a hit was like nine at-bats. Yeah. Like, dude, that guy's a different level. Like, he's just... Tatis, and he hit homered again tonight. Three-run homer. Yeah. yeah, so Tatis has is hitting 300 or 305 with 11 home runs. Machado's hitting 200 with five home runs. The deal is, and it's funny... No, Tatis is at 10. I'm sorry. No, he has 11. He homered tonight. Um, he might have had two. He I'm just looking at the, the. I'm looking at it right now on the Padre website. Oh, that's weird because the three run homer was his tenth. Okay, it tied him then with he must Mike have homered Trout. again when we change it. We're watching the Dodger game well, right thanks. now. Thanks. Well, because well, it was a God. fucking blowout. Well, goddamn it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. You'll see the highlights. Great. Troy Hurst will show them to you. That's just bullshit. Here's my my issue with uh, it's it's funny. Tatis's numbers are just crazy. I mean, crazy. the 28 runs knocked in are just nuts. But Machado with his five home runs, none of his home runs are like big hits. You know what I mean? When you need them, like the Will Myers home runs is what he hits. Uh not always. He hit the grand slam. I did. That was a third inning. So what? I'm telling you, Tatis comes through in the think, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Here's the thing. Here's why you have Machado's zero. not clutch. Don't sit there and defend Machado to me I right will. now. Don't, right now, you have oh, zero you're a fucking credit. joke. You're a fucking whore. That's, well, what? What the fuck just happened? And all your players are ugly. Want me to name the ugly players on the Padres? <laughs> well, Ugliest well, team minute. in baseball. Hang on. You have Dustin May. Take a step That's back. That's true. We got one, but you got like five. Five guys who aren't getting laid. Go ahead. Call me a whore. I did. All right. I was just making sure you paid attention. Yes. Like Costa? What? You talking to me? <laughs> I'm going to make you tell that story. Jesus. <laughs> um, No. I I have figured out what your problem is with Machado. It'd be so fun to sit here and tell you you're racist, but somebody would actually hook into that uh, dude, and think that was the case. And the deal is, I told you, I was all, I'm, I, I'm not one of these guys who don't sign him. I was just like Jeff. I said 100% signing him was really big. And I would have done the exact same fucking thing. Uh, but I think you're bitter. Dave, something, you know when it changed huh? really for Machado? Think about this. Machado's never been the same since he went to the Dodgers. Yeah, that's true. He stunk right? with the Dodgers, too. Yeah. Yeah. He like, did. I and mean, really, he hit like 77 in the World Series. He was terrible. And that and that's kind of like where the wheels kind of came off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And... I don't know, like, I don't know, but you, if you, if my opinion, if you had to draw it back to a particular point, uh, you look at that and you go, yeah. And I remember how excited you were to get Machado because you thought that your six months of entertainment was going to extend out to seven, and he didn't. And yeah. I think you blame him oh, I do. individually. Remember, because Corey Seager went down and they needed a shortstop. That's right. That's what happened. And you were excited. I was excited. We because got the team wasn't making big moves at no, that point. Nope. And it wasn't one of those teams that was winning over 100 games that year either. Right. Yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely it's right. It's personal. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I'm laughing at this. Just uh, no one knows the story but me. I'm watching the Dodgers Mariners with Jeff right now. We're in the eighth inning. It's 11-9. and nine. Oral Hershiser said like in the second inning, 20 runs tonight combined. He, no he, way. He, he just said he goes 20 runs and Joe Davis goes, well, I'll take Thunder. <laughs> they're exactly at 20 right now. 
Boy, they're fucking uh, nuts. Dodger Stadium is just packed with the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> they are, they're, they're Look at the cardboard I, cutouts. They're all over the place. fucking place. They uh, the Giants are packed too. A friend of ours just uh, that's cool. Put a Giants guy in there. That's 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 really cool. Here's because uh, you have boys. I was saving the story for you. I thought you'd like this. So Corey Seager on the Dodgers and Kyle Seager of the Mariners mm-hmm. are brothers. They're six years apart. They have never, ever played a baseball game being on the same field together, not even in spring training. Oh, wow. They're one day away. They had the parents on through, through like, Skype during the yeah. game. They're one day away from it happening in the spring, and the next day was the day they were supposed to do it when COVID hit, and they oh, shut wow. everything down. So the mom and dad said, we've never seen it. And, uh, and if you remember um, Kyle Seager in his jersey, when you can put the name on the back, it says yeah. Corey's brother. That's cool. And so, but they here they are. And so, Corey Seager hits a three-run home run early in the game. And he has okay. to jog by his brother. <laughs> and the looks they're giving each other are kind of funny. They both try not to laugh, but they're looking at each other. Yeah. And uh, then next inning, Kyle hits a home run and has to run by his brother. Shut up. And, That's and great. It was really cool, the whole brother thing. You having twin yeah. boys, I thought you'd, you'd get a kick out of it. But it was funny because they say that Corey Seager's roommate is Ross Stripling, who is pitching tonight. And he says, I hope... We win, but my brother goes four for four. And Russ Trippin's like, what the fuck? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> and so, he, dude, his brother's three for three right oh, now. Oh, shit. But it's uh, it, it, it kind of cool watching the whole brother thing of two kids that uh, six years apart have never played together until tonight. Hey, uh, one quick thing. I want to bring this up really quick, um, and then I'm done. The Humane Society is doing something incredibly important and very cool. We're a big fan of the Humane Society. What if is anybody not a fan? No, like, that's what a, true. What a brash statement for me to make. Right? <laughs> Look at you, man. Yeah, of the year. so edgy. Yeah, so he, edgy. right. I'm I'm the Colin Kaepernick of podcasts because I support uh, <laughs> this guy. I wrote a thing yesterday. Some dipshit. I wrote a thing yesterday because the post office is completely fucked. And if you're not paying attention to this and you want to ignore it, then that's on you. But what's going on with the post office is one of a million things going on this in this country that all of us should be ashamed of that we're letting it happen. Rex Chapman put a thing out yesterday, and I put it out on Twitter, and I did it. You can send a text message, and it will allow you. And I got an email back from Scott Peters uh, that said, hey, thank you very much. It'll send. It'll automatically send a letter to all your local congressmen and senators saying, look, get the post office back together. Good. And I put that out yesterday, and some dumb fuck who's got 30 followers is like, you know what? Uh, anytime you guys start with this political bullshit, I got to check out. The guy just started following me yesterday. Never heard of the guy in my life. Here's the thing. I'll make this really clear to all of you. was my favorite part of my day yesterday. I was reading this. Yeah, when me and my buddies, yeah, the Kings, the King Brothers, just started fucking killing this guy because he's got 30 followers. And I told him, well, we got to close up shop. <laughs> I'll make one thing perfectly clear to anybody listening. If you have any problem with anything I say politically, you can go fuck yourself. I couldn't give less of a shit what anybody thinks. And if you're like, well, I'm going to get mad at Brian Curry, fuck you. I don't care. We're not very political on this show. There are problems with either side of the aisle. I'm not sitting here telling you Joe Biden's going to be the greatest president or Kamala Harris is going to save. I have no fucking idea. But if you don't look at what the fuck's going on and go, wait a minute, this is just wrong. Where we've allowed hate to come back, what we do. And if you have a problem with it, like I told this guy yesterday, 
You can go back behind the shed and fuck yourself. I will never change for this dumb fuck. And we beat the shit out of him. So fuck that guy. And listen, here's the other thing. I'll say this. If you want to go and vote and you're a Trump and Pence guy, God bless you. I won't care. I'm not going to talk you out of it. That's your thing. Most of you I've been friends with. Just don't give me shit for whatever I'm doing. And if you're out of your fucking mind, if you think I'm going to change one minute of one day to patronize that dumb fuck in Oregon, <laughs> what a cocksucker. All right. Three things we stand by on this show. Let me hear we love Lisa the, Ann. We, well, that's four. The Milf hum, porn. The Humane Society. Humane Society we stand okay. by. Okay. We're, we're in favor of old people getting those social security checks. That means the mail. Well, my friend Boom, who has been a lifetime friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, is a postman in the worst part of Long Beach. And the stories that he tells me of people that verbally abuse my friend of 35 years as he goes to bring them his check. Yeah. Uh, but they just do it fucking with them, busting balls, because they love him. He goes, dude, it's the funniest shit of all time. He goes into the poorest parts of long beach and they just wait for him every day and they just tee off on him and he fucking loves it they all yell at him he's been chased by dogs he's been all yelled at told to get the fuck out but he loves it dude he goes out and grinds every day 100 percent. we support the post yes. office and what you're seeing is a goddamn joke and you should be ashamed and embarrassed by it and democracy we're in favor of democracy we is that are, bad we moved this show from cuba for a reason But I got to tell you one other thing. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, the Humane Society is now allowing you to write your will for free. They are working with a group called Free Will. And if you happen to be friends with me on Facebook, which for a reason 95% of you are not, (laughs) you would have seen it. But if you just... Check out locally Humane Society. You can write your will for free. And David, something um, that I did yesterday. I did not have an actual will. Now, right? You have to do a living trust. But here's the thing that I did. The first thing I did was that I made my kids aware of the fact that as we were in Coronado, I'm writing my will, which my one son got really upset that I'm doing. And I go, shit, man, things can happen and anything can change in a minute. So... What I did was I tried to make it fun. You break a few things up financially. This was the best part of it for my sons. Dave Palais is 100%. And now I I think it emailed you a copy of it, but my ex-wife said she didn't get one, so you were supposed to have gotten a copy of it. No. Dave is 100% in charge of anybody, and it's written in there, anybody who wants to speak. I go, who the fuck? It says, who do you want to speak at your funeral? I go, well, I'm not, I wrote in my will. I'm not that much of a maniac to think anybody will want to. But if anybody wants to, thumbs up, thumbs down comes from Dave Palais, who would know. And I said, here's the thing. I'm going to try to attend, so don't be fucking boring. (laughs) But the most important thing, and Dave, this goes um, for anybody, especially people listening to this show that, that I think a lot of you will get. And, and all kidding aside, this is really important that I've learned today. What I said was, in my will, I have two championship ranks from the soccers. Yeah. I said the oldest one goes to my oldest son, Cade. The second one goes to my son, Jack. Easy enough. When it came to sports memorabilia, and think about all of us 
who has Super Bowl programs? Who has signed pictures? Who has trading cards that could be of value? Signed jerseys, right? I have a Fran Tarkenton, Bo Jackson, different jerseys like that. Connor McDavid and goddamn Luka Doncic, all kinds of cool shit. You cannot, you cannot just write in your will, I want this evenly distributed amongst my kids or I want these items sold. It, I was told today by somebody who knows this stuff, no. You honestly have to go through and find the time and itemize everything you have and determine this goes to A and this goes to B or this can be sold. The other thing that for anybody who's a sports collector, what is really, really important is, and I will have to do this with Dave, is if you have something, especially trading cards. Now, I'm not a big trading card collector, but I've got some cool stuff. You have to assign one person, not as the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking Executor of your will so much, but you want to assign one person to be the executor of your sports memorabilia. Because what I was told today is some of you may be sitting on a Fernando Tatis rookie card. Some of you may have a Mickey Mantle card or something else. And more often than not, what we do as collectors is we buy stuff and we don't tell anybody what we have because we don't want wives or anybody else to know how much we spent. The problem with that is they don't know what you spent. They don't know what it's worth. And you could have something that could be worth $1,000 that could be sold at a garage sale for 25 bucks. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a crazy thing. But again, like I said, I thought it was a really cool thing that the Humane Society is allowing you with this group, Free Will, just do a quick Google search or call the Humane Society. Say, hey, Dave and Jeff were talking about this. Can you send me a link? And if you don't have a will, Man, you have to say where your property is going. Otherwise, it'll get caught up in probate court. Dan Williams can tell you about that all day long. But I just, it's, I don't think any of us think about it, Dave, but everything that I have from all the way from CDs of the show to my car to everything, I thought I had covered. But when it comes to sports memorabilia or anything collectible that could be worth money, you have to itemize it and say this particular item goes to Cade, this particular item goes to Jack. And then what I did was at the end, I put in a no contest rule. And the way I understood it, I deferred to the lawyers in the group, but the way I understood that is nobody can go in and contest and say, uh, oh, this is, no, Jeff didn't mean that. He meant for everything to be signed over to Kevin Faulkner. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> And, and that's it. But I would just say, man, we had a situation, uh, individual that I know she's in her early thirties and her husband passed away unexpectedly on Friday Wow! and just devastating. And unfortunately on this show, we've dealt with way too much loss and I hope all of you are here for the next thousand years, but, but just, uh, kudos to the humane society but if you have things that you look at, Dave, pictures like this and anything else, obviously right now, but if any of that stuff was things that you wanted to donate or sell and have money go to charity or Jake's projects, um, 
you have to designate it, indiv- uh, itemize everything just so at the end, and again, hopefully for all of you, it's a thousand years from now, but um, you'll be doing your family a, a great service by taking a couple of hours and determining who gets A and who gets B. Good deal. Um, real quick, because I know uh, tomorrow we aren't doing a show. We'll be back on Wednesday. I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks. Fucking loved it. I, I did. I liked it a lot. What would you think of Anthony Lynn? Um, loved Anthony Lynn. I, li- I liked both of them. I liked yeah, McVay. Sean I liked McVay. Was cool, and, right? And, and McVay. And, or Sean um, McVay, yeah. But uh, when Andrew Volert, the tight end, lost his shit, I've been waiting 20 years for that to go, you got to fucking be kidding me, was he, he signed he where with the today? Panthers. Carolina, right? And uh, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was, a couple things were great. One is he lost his shit. Yeah. Two is... Anthony Lynn's like, I kind of like it. Then he thought about it for a second. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? You're an Antonio Gates. Yeah. We got Virgil Green. Have you seen him? Fucking he tried to catch a pass with his dick a couple years ago. He did can't he, catch for shit. Did, he, uh, <laughs> did Anthony embellish what he said to Tom Telesco? A little bit. A little bit. But Telesco said he cussed him out too. Like no. he, he walked in Anthony Lynn's office like he, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. Go ahead. I felt like Anthony embellished what his response was to yeah, the player, yeah. to Tom. Yeah, he did. And we're like, no, I don't know. I mean, maybe they yeah. cut it out, but you feel like, no, you didn't say that. <laughs> it was, but, I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was one of the best first episodes. I know it was a lot of time spent on COVID, but I thought it was really good. I know ratings weren't great for the show, but I, I thought it was really good. I am, liked it. Am I crazy in thinking that Anthony Lynn would have been a complete star down he here? He would have been. He would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked him a lot. I How about him talking about uh, just firing up the grill? Yeah. Talking about going to Cleveland and and you just go, man, this dude is so likable. Yeah. And so credible. It was cool. Those were the two things that they just could not find in a coach down here. Likable and credible. And I feel like he checked both boxes. It was really cool. Yeah. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is the guy that can help you out right now through these times where you don't know what's going to happen with your finances. He wants to help get you out of debt. At the same time, he wants to help you find your first home. Meaning if you're running right now and you've been throwing money away, it's funny, I had this conversation with a group of people just on Saturday night. We were standing around talking about how many people have kids who are thinking, do they go into the rental market or do they stay at home? Because everyone knows when you're in the rental market, it's not your first choice. It shouldn't be. You're throwing money away. There's nowhere where your money is investing, basically backing yourself. Guess what? Dan Williams can walk you through the process. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. I told you I was in Coronado yesterday. And, man, if there is a landing spot for all of us, you go, boy, wouldn't it be great? We got there at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Started wrapping everything up about 7.30. Sun's starting to go down, right? You got the the breeze coming in off the water. It's just Orange Avenue. It's just perfect. And we're driving up Orange, and you find this place, and my son goes, hey, Dad, that place is for rent. And you look. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath house for rent in Coronado, and it's 6000 a month. Wow. And I said to them, I go, listen, here's the funny thing. Um, your mom and I own a condo in La Mesa and it's not Coronado, but it's, it's not, you know, the bottom of the, the ladder either. And I said, with our HOA and our mortgage payment every month, we still come in under 2000 a month. Yeah. And I said, for every three payments we make on the house, it's one payment over there. We own it. They rent it. Yeah. And I'm sorry, man. As much as I'd love to be in Coronado, I can't imagine paying three times a mortgage payment 
in rent to live there. Now, I know that scenario doesn't work for anybody, but man, I bet you, Dan, can help you work, uh, help you find a way to make it work for you. May not be in Coronado, but it can be someplace that's going to have your name on the deed, and that's pretty special. Absolutely. There's so many great places throughout San Diego, neighborhoods that you maybe aren't aware of, neighborhoods that you know exactly where you want to live. Brian Curry can help you find that perfect home. Brian Curry is a guy that's been selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years, and he's won a ton of awards doing it. He's the easiest guy to work with. He'll walk you through the entire process. All you have to do is give him an idea of what neighborhoods you're looking to live in. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. You're going to think I'm completely crazy on this story that I tell you, but it's it's 100% true, and as parents, we all have gone through this. Uh, my story today is on Ramona. Now, I don't, I hear, I've never thought about living in Ramona. We had friends, either Tony or Chris from Quezon, lived out there. And I was like, God damn, how do you make that drive in every day, right? Like they would, I guess they would just cut over through Poway. You go a couple different ways. It's not bad. It's not bad. But, I was in Lakeside this this weekend. I was like, just up the hills, Ramona. Yeah. I mean, you're still 30 miles up, the, but. But my kids, since they were little, there's a place up there in Ramona called Collier Park. And they love it. It's the best place to just go hang out, run around, burn off energy, the whole thing. And again, I don't, uh, Ramona's too far out, but you go, I've had friends that live there. And you go, wow, it's kind of cool. Dave, this is going to sound like I'm 100% full of shit, but I'm telling you the truth. When my kids were like six or seven, they had money that they had gotten from allowance and birthdays and everything else, and they had saved it up. And I think each guy had like $16, which to them felt like $1,600, and they were so excited to buy something for their mom for Christmas. We happened to be in Ramona, and they were talking, talking, you know, we got to go, we got to go, we got to find something. Well, they don't, up there, there's no Target, there's no Costco, there's yeah. nothing there. The only thing they had was Kmart. You're like, I don't even know, like, where's there another Kmart, right? You hadn't seen one in forever. My kids went in there, again, they're like seven years old, and they go in there, stroll in there like they're Bill Gates, right? Because they each got $16, they're ready to go. And they were able to combine their money and get their mom something, a, a deal in the kitchen that she still uses to this day. We happened to be up because they wanted to go goof around at that park and, and get out. We're there. And goddamn, if if COVID or whatever else didn't put the whammy on that Kmart. And I just said to him, I go, man, isn't that a drag? Remember, that's where you got your mom's thing. But the only thing that made me think of it is I go, it's such a nice little neighborhood. I don't know anything about it. Maybe it's got an insanely crazy cry. I don't know. But every time I've been up there, the people have always been incredibly nice. It yeah. feels like it's just a little small town. Shit, you can go another 30 miles north and be up in uh, in Julian. But there's so many cool neighborhoods in this town. Uh, Julian, Santa Isabel, Ramona. I know Brian's up by that area. Uh, area. Mount Woodson as you come down, Poway, the whole thing. And I just, I was thinking about him over the weekend and just thinking, God, there's so many cool places where you could go and make memories with your kids. I was, I mean, we had a lot of places in two days from Coronado yeah. to Ramona. 
A lot of places in between. Find the place where you're going to find your memories with your kids. Uh, Brian Curry will help you do it. Absolutely. Guess what? That perfect pool is waiting for you oh. as well. It has been so fucking hot yeah. the last couple of days. I just looked up the temperature the rest of the week. It's only going to get hotter this week. It is going to be crazy warm. I was in Lakeside. It was well over oh. 100 degrees. Crazy hot this weekend. That perfect pool, man. How great would it be just to be able to jump into it? We've been telling you this for a while now. If you are not calling Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools, and deciding you're going to entertain yourself and cool your family down, you're crazy. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. We were laughing because my ex, we have a small little yard in the back, and she said, screw it. <laughs> And she bought this inflatable pool. It's the funniest thing in the world. It's about 10 feet long and about, I don't know, three feet wide. And it feels like it's about I don't know, 20 inches deep. But it's the funniest thing. It fits perfect in this little back section. And I go over there the other night and here are my two dopey kids and their mom. Just relax it in this pool. And they're like, well, we don't have enough space for Alan and Amy to come over here and start digging in the backyard. But on a hot day in La Mesa, I go, how long you been back there? They're like, about two hours. We don't feel like moving. <laughs> and man, I mean, I guess that's one. But if you have the space available, why wouldn't you call yep. Alan? How many of us have been stuck working for home for five plus months now? And in the middle of the afternoon when you're like, holy cow, this is insane. Well, your boss isn't watching you every minute. He doesn't have that Zoom camera turned on. Give Alan a call. Have his crew come out and just say, hey, you know what, guys? I'm going to return some voicemails that have been built up. And then go in the backyard and all of a sudden you're uh, Rowdy Gaines again, like we <laughs> said the other day. Go out there and be Michael Phelps and relax, recharge. Man, we definitely need it in San Diego. Like Dave said, it's only going to get hotter. Kyle Pfluger's back in town. He's ready he? to help you. He is. He's back, and he's working his ass off, building websites all over, and he's making businesses that much better. He can help you out with that perfect website as well. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. I love Flugs because Flugs did something that I preach often. I'm a big believer in checking in on your friends, especially now during everything going on with COVID, especially those that have kids that have been cooped up in the house for five months and are going nuts. I'm a big believer in checking in on your friends. And son of a gun, if yesterday afternoon I'm not in Coronado walking down Orange Avenue, my phone buzzes and it's my man Kyle Pfluger saying, yeah. hey, man, I'm just checking in. What are you doing? I said, hey, this is great. Kyle Pfluger and Katie Temple, Dave, within like an hour, both did the same thing, which was great. And so I couldn't be more thankful to him. But, yeah, I'm going through it all the time because how many of us have idle time on our hands and we start looking for things that you go well this will work or that'll work hey maybe i can get you know what i need in this goddamn home office i need a mini fridge right how many of us are looking for stupid shit and uh you go on these websites you go god dang is it in stock i told you last week every time i'm on best buy it keeps turning me to the local store in pomona <laughs> i don't live in pomona so if your website is not giving your customers what you want immediately when they get on the site, then it's not working for you. Call, uh, call Kyle Pfluger, 
tell them Dave and Jeff sent you and make that negative into a positive. Absolutely. All right, we're going to knock through these real quick and get Step. out of here. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going August 17th, and we're starting out with some big names. We're going Robert De Niro. Oh, so good in heat. Today they showed a great clip on Twitter of him from Raging Bull walking to the ring that was filmed at the old Olympic Auditorium, and wow. it gives you chills. God, is he incredible. I'm going to say he is... I'm going to say he's 76. 77. Oh, shit, I would have been right yesterday. How much is he worth? God damn. I know divorces have hit him a couple of times. Bob has suffered. Uh, that's why he was working as a bounty hunter in Midnight Run. <laughs> $150 million. $500 million. God damn, no kidding. Yeah, $500 that's million. fantastic. Donnie Wahlberg. What an actor. <laughs> you ever watch Blue Bloods? I do, actually. I've never seen it. Uh, My I've wife seen watches like it. one it's, or two. It's not on bad, all right? the time. It's not bad. Okay, uh, Donnie Wahlberg is, uh, I'm going to say 40, I'm going to say 48. 51. No shit. Yep. Huh. Uh, I think he's got more money than I would have guessed. I think that guy, that dude strikes me, that whole family strikes me as that they may be smart with their dough. Married to Jenny McCarthy. I'm going to say $40 million. $20 million. All right. Okay. All right, last one, Sean Penn. Oh, Sean Penn. 60? Exactly right. Uh, $100 million. $150 million. Damn, I was going yeah. 100, 200. I should have yeah. split it. All there right. There you go. All right, here we go. Stay or go. So these are famous women news anchors. Oh, okay. I like that. I'm in. Okay. We're going to start off with two old birds. We're going Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer. Which one? Oh, fuck. I'm going to take uh, Barbara Walters. I think Barbara Walters probably makes a pretty good cocktail. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I think you get a couple drinks in her. I think she's going to tell you all the stories you need to hear. Yeah. I think uh, Diane Sawyer's drinking Folgers. You're probably right. Give me Barbara Walters. And I'm probably going to take her down, too. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> You're going to throw Again. one. Connie Chung or Katie Couric? Oh, shit. Uh, now, look, Connie Chung is married to Maury Povich. Yeah. So that tells you that while she's a little two-dimensional on TV, she may have a little game. That being said... Katie Couric was great on the Stern Show. Yeah, and I think I there's something I, sexy about Katie Couric. To yeah, make. I think she's another one that's going to know how to work the blender. Yeah, she's going to make you a couple of drinks. She probably knows how to make a Rob Roy, even though I've never had one in my life. Uh, I look at that and I say, which one of them knows Lisa Ann? Probably <laughs> neither, but I'm going to say K Katie Couric's probably got a better chance. Give me Katie Couric, Dave. Final answer. Here we go. We're going Jane Polly or Jessica Savage. <laughs> uh, Jessica Savage died really young. Yeah, I didn't realize that till I looked it up. Thirty-seven. Great. God dang. Really? Yeah. Uh, She's the one that loses her shit that they yes. won't they won't count her down. Yeah, that's a great clip. Uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Elvis dying at age forty-two. Yeah. Remember when you were a kid, you felt oh, yeah. like, well, fuck, he lived to forty-two. Yeah, what are we all crying about? I lived in Tennessee at the time when oh, he died. Shit. Yeah. All right, Jane Pauley. Or Jessica Savage. Uh, I haven't watched it for a long time because the show changed during COVID. But Jane Pauley's pretty good on CBS Sunday Morning, even though, like I said, I haven't seen it in six months. I'll take Jane Pauley because Jessica Savage uh, probably would, when you're sleeping, if you forgot to pick up your laundry, <laughs> she strikes me as somebody that may have 
a coffee pot full of boiling water and may pour it on your legs. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. All right, two girls I would uh, definitely throw in one. Is uh, Deborah Norville or Elizabeth Vargas? Wow. Uh, Elizabeth Vargas, shaky decision-making, was married to Mark Cohen, who right? sang Walking in Memphis, which is a great song until the third time you hear yeah, it. Yeah, no shit. Uh, I'm not going to make any jokes about alcohol because Elizabeth Vargas battled alcoholism yeah. and broke up her, her uh, marriage. She, Maybe she was drinking because the guy had one hit song. He just kept singing about yeah. it. Yeah, and you're like, fuck. Um. And who, Deborah Norville? No, she, I, Deborah Norville was smoking hot when she, she first started. Remember, she remember? still looks pretty great. Yeah, she and does. she seems super cool. Give me Elizabeth Vargas, though. I like her. All right, last two. Here we go. Maria Shriver or Robin Roberts? Maria, uh, going Robin Roberts, man. What a story, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, what a story with her. Yeah, she's another Nashville girl. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Did she like what she's accomplished and been through in her life? Fantastic. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll see you back here Wednesday. All right. See you. Stop.